0: Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged with the message today. Lessons from the life of Moses. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to read verse 25 to 27. I will read the scripture in the New International Version of the Bible. And then later on, we'll look at the rest of the other scriptures from the New King James Version. So, let's just go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25 to 27. If you found it, say Amen. 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 Praise God. So, let's read it together. If you find it, verse 24, 1, 2, 3, go. By faith, Moses... When he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead. To his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Amen. I think there's a, there's a question that we kind of need to think through there. That if God is invisible, how did he see him? Amen? Amen. And the answer is very simple. Amen. Hallelujah. You have said it before. I have seen God. And people ask you, can you explain it? You're like, I can't. You, you just have to see Him yourself. And when you see Him, you know that this one I have seen is God. Amen? Amen. And because they had seen him who was invisible, he persevered, he feared nothing, and he actually looked forward to receiving a reward from this God who is invisible.
1: Without taking much
0: time, there are four lessons we have learned this far. Lesson number one, We have said that if you are going to be good at anything in life, if you are going to become great in life, if God is going to use you in your life, you have to accept short term pain. The the decision made by Moses refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter meant he had to leave the palace and go begin to live in Islam. A very small place that had to contain all these many people. Because they were all in Goshen and they were becoming a nation in a place that was very, very small, so, uh, small, small. And, and, and we need to understand as you will see today, the place where we grew up in has brought a great influence in terms of how we see things and also in terms of how we think. Amen? The kids who are, I will mention a few places, not because I'm looking down on the places, but I will tell you, the kids who are in Area 10, Area 43, they think totally differently the kids from Kauma even though those two places are very close to each other. Possibly one group of them have seen life rough and the way they think is totally totally different. And then there are others who have seen life very very simple. They think everything is is easy and everything comes on a silver plateau And, and, and You you look at the way they think, you can even feel sorry. Amen? So so the, the environment you grew up in has got a great influence in terms of how you think. That's why we need to be very careful in terms of how we think. You're going to win a battle in your mind or you're going to lose a battle in your mind. So the Bible says a time came when Moses had become of age. And I've said to us, brothers and sisters, men and women, young men and young girls, or young ladies, there should come a point in our lives whereby we grow up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We cannot be struggling with each other on some issues. That by now you must have matured and begin to think for yourself. Amen. 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 So so at that point he chose being mistreated with the people of God is of great value than the fleeting pleasures of sin. And I've said that that principle. accepting short-term pain because you know you want to become great in life you want to do some good in life is an understanding that has to apply in any area of your life whether it's in sports whether it's in finances whether it's in relationships if you're going to do well in finances you must delay Gratification. You you must allow some things to pass you by. Whether there is Blue Friday or White Friday or Black Friday or Pink Friday, just to see it in the newspaper and say, "Hmm, looks nice." But don't try to go closer. Because if you try to go closer, you will be tempted for sure. And you end up spending some money that was very, very important for something else in life. You tell yourself, <laughs> but but we tell ourselves stories. So I've said that in life, nothing, nothing in life comes easy. Amen. Nothing in life comes easy. Pain is part of life. And there is no best without pain. think <laughs> Amen. Number two. We have seen that Moses chose God's values. And I have said, choose God's values if you want God to use you. We all cry, Lord, use my life for your glory. Lord, use my life for your glory. Lord, use my life for your glory. But he chose God's values. And I'm saying, decide what matters to you. What matters to you make it different from what matters to me. But when it comes to God, it's the same. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm saying, if you don't decide what is of great importance in your life, what is of great value in your life, other people will decide for you because there will be a vacuum. And people will will drag you into things that you're not supposed to be involved in life. You actually end up living your life by other people's values. And I can bet one thing, you will be miserable because you will discover there is something missing in your life. So I've said, choose God's values. Choose God's values. It's not easy, but the benefit of it, you reap it for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. And that one is a choice. Number three, we have seen that Moses made some intentional resolutions. About how to live his life and we have discovered that you can live life by two things you can either live your life by faith or you can live your life by fear amen Amen. he made he made a resolution the Bible tells us that by faith he he left Egypt not feeling the king's anger now I have told you that Pharaoh was not just considered a king. Actually Pharaoh was considered a god. He was considered a god. And whatever Pharaoh says was a decree. He was the most powerful man on planet earth. And and by faith Moses decided the one I have heard from is God. And I choose not to be afraid of anything else. There have to be some things that you are ready to die for. Amen. I think it's in church that I've said I have heard a story about Nelson Mandela. That after, uh, uh, when when he was arrested because of the insurrection that was going on in South Africa in fighting against apartheid there. And was taken to court and the day came when the judge had to pass a judgment. And the story I've heard is that he was acid. Say, Mr. Mandela, do you have any last words? And he says, Judge, I don't want to die. Basically, by that, he was saying, I'm not looking for an opportunity to die. Don't think I am some crazy person who is just trying to get some fame I'm looking for death. I could have looked for death anywhere. But the last words he spoke are very, very important in life. He said, but this is the cause I'm ready to die for. There was was something else that was ready to die for. And I don't know for you what you would be ready to die for. I don't know what you would be ready to say as far as this one is concerned. No matter what, I'm not going to sell it for anything. I would rather live my life by faith, not by fear. So he chose, he made a resolution. I will live my life by faith. I'm not going to live it by fear. And this is a choice you will face in your life. Not once, but I can bet for the rest of your life. Daily, you will have to make a decision in your life. Whether to live by faith or whether to live by fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm saying, the closer you get to God, the more you're going to be filled with faith. Amen. The further away you get from God, the more you're going to be filled with fear. Amen. Every time I have taken God out of the equation, in anything I'm doing, I'm full of fear. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things I'm afraid of, I'm, I'm even afraid of dying, and yet I quote Philippians 1, uh, 121 for me to leave is Christ and to die is great. And then I'm afraid to die. And then I know if I die now, I'm not going to hell. If you think I'm going to hell, I'm not. <laughs> I am going to heaven. I will see Jesus face to face. I will. I hope you do. Do, do, do you believe that? Oh, there is some doubt somewhere. I'm sure you see Jesus face to face. Mm-hmm. That even they kill you, you are going to heaven. Yes. So we're not, we're not afraid of dying. <laughs> the, process. Huh? The, process. the process of dying. How mm-hmm. ah, you die now? <laughs> <Sometimes>. <laughs> have you died before? You've no. <laughs> <laughs> seen other people die. Other people die. Um, but that was their experience. You don't know by what method you're going to. The Bible says, Enoch, he walked with God. And one day, God just took him and said, hey, I'm going to take his feet. And people, and people looked for him and he was nowhere to be found. The guy was gone. You have absolute, if Jesus tarries, you, I can I can assure you, if you actually don't know how you're going to die. So the best thing is to say, Lord, when I am dying, let my life be in your hands. Amen? Amen. So so I've said, the more you move away from God, the more you're going to be filled with fear. And I've said, God is not moved by our complaints. The only thing that moves God is faith. Because the Bible says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek Him. He rewards. We serve a God who rewards. And you know, this rewarding God, He does not only reward in heaven. He rewards even here on planet earth. I can assure you, any good you do, it's a seed that is sown. And one day, one day, it will germinate and bear fruit. Because what you sow is exactly what you reap. It's a principle of life. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So, in Matthew 9.29, NIV says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So, I've said your faith has a big impact on what God does in your life. Number four, we have learned that Moses learned and new That prayer influences God's decisions. In Exodus 32, 9 to 14, the children of Israel have done wickedly against God. And God knows these are stiff-necked people. And he tells Moses, give me just one opportunity. Let me finish them off. Get rid of this bunch. And out of you, Moses, I'm going to make a great nation. And Moses begins to plead with God until God changes his mind. And we saw last week that in prayer, you can actually plead with God for certain situations. We looked not only at Moses, but we looked at three other people. Number one, we looked at Abraham. Abraham pleaded with God for Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 18, verse 16 to 32. And I hope when I give you these scriptures, you go home and read. Because you can actually plead on behalf of other people. He pleaded, Lord was saved. His wife turned into a pillow of salt. But Lord and his daughters, they were saved. And Mary pleaded with Christ. They came to a wedding at Cana of Galilee. Wine is depleted. It is not yet time. But you can plead with him and say, I'm going to pray to So Mary, Mary pleads with Christ. And, and Jesus says, what has that got to do with me, woman? His mother calls him woman. Imagine imagine you call your mother your mother woman. Woman, what are you saying? Try it at home. You see what your mother. <laughs> doing. He says, What has that got to do me with me, woman? It's not my time. And Mary Mary says, Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And she walks away. And and Jesus tastes water. Into wine. We saw Hezekiah in the book of Second Kings, chapter twenty, verse one to eleven. Hezekiah is told, "Put your house in order. You are about to die." And he pleads with God. He says, "Lord, you, you need to remember what I have done for the kingdom." And and he pleads with him. And the prophet, as he is walking out after delivering the message. He is in the yard. God speaks to him. He says, Go back and tell him. I've added. I think it's, it was one and a half years. If I'm not wrong. 15 years? 15 years. That's a one and a so half and 15. Not different. Eh? <laughs> <by> 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> not different. The only difference is the dots. But for 15 years, God gives him 15 more years. Unfortunately, it was during that time that Manasseh was born. And there's no king that has done absolute so much wickedness in Israel as Manasseh. But you will see the, the wickedness that Manasseh did, which I will refer to today. Number five, for today, and that'll be the only thing, and then to, to next week we'll look at another one. Moses was a worshiper. Now, it's very interesting... Let's go to Exodus chapter 34. So in chapter 32, they have seen, And uh, in chapter 33, we'll refer to that briefly, Moses speaks to God face to face. And when he was coming down from the mountain, what happened was that God had given Moses tablets and in the book of Exodus 32, verse 11, 16, sorry, the Bible says, now the tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. So what we understand is as he's coming down and sees how much the children of Israel have sinned, Moses drops the tablets and the tablets are broken. Are we together? All right now in chapter 34 God now is telling Moses that he needs to come back on Mount Sinai with new tablets. These are the ones that Moses has worked on, and he needs to take them back so that God can engrave on them again. So in chapter 34, verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablet which you broke so be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to mount sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain and no man shall come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain let neither flocks nor herds feed before that mountain the Israelites is advised to get close to the mountain on this day. No cow, no sheep should be close to the, the mountain on this day. Is advised that all the multi remain away from the sea on this day. The body is so often not allowed to go on this day as a from the sea. Could be difficultly no puny go away from me. I hope you can get the sense. Amen. Chapter four, verse four. So he cut two tablets of stone like the first one. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Verse 5. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood within there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God merciful and gracious lord suffering and abounding in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and by no by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation the one who is speaking these words is god hallelujah He appears before Moses and he begins to proclaim these words to Moses. And in verse 8, something happens. In verse 8, the Bible says, As soon as Moses heard these words, the Bible says, So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. Then he said, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. Hallelujah. We'll come down to this shortly. But, But what caught my attention is that The day Moses goes back to the mountain, you have to remember at the back of his mind is what the children of Israel had done the last time he was on the mountain. And that day, actually even even when, when he came down and asked Aaron, and he said, Aaron, why have you done this? And Aaron answered Moses, In chapter 32, verse verse 22, it says, so Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. He's telling Moses, my Lord, it's a small L. But I want you to see what he said next. He says, you know the people that they are set on evil. You know, Moses, that these people are set on evil. So so when when I knew that their minds are set on evil, I told them to just bring me, the articles of God, I should just make them a God for them, because I knew they are set on evil. So Moses knew all that, that these people are set on evil. Awawa, anakazigiga pauchimo, anakazigiga guni saabiza, chita jina ya chiton, ama, pamaso, nitima wao, maganzo wao, magasya wao, maatameena, amaenda mtukuma wao, anakazigiga chita, chua hipa pamaso faiho, ikarigulaa. And there are people like that. They are bent and set on evil. There is nothing you can do. And Moses knew that. They are set on evil. And and he knew last time I was on the mountain, the things I saw were, were, were weird. When he came back and tried to plead with them, they could not listen. And then he said, whosoever is on the Lord's side, come my side." And the Bible tells us it was only the tribe of Levi that came to him. And he said, everybody take a sword, go into the camp slaughter and i think the bible tells us about three thousand people died on that day and then he says because of what you have done they were set apart to become priests for the lord hallelujah so he he has got all this background plus a few others that we are going to see shortly so he's got all this background and then he goes up the mountain and he has no idea what God would do this time around. And he gets there. What Moses heard is exactly what God has said. So let me read it again. So with this background, he gets on the mountain and God descends in the cloud and stands before Moses. And he begins to proclaim one thing, his name. So now I want us to see the name of the Lord. And God begins to declare, the Lord, the Lord. So the Bible says, and the Lord passed before him and began to proclaim, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. These words have been said by God. And what Meets Moses is the glory of the Lord and he begins, he has a revelation of God's glory that the Lord is good, that the Lord is merciful, that the Lord is long-suffering, that the Lord is caring, that the Lord is, is, is loving, that the Lord is abounding in mercy, the Lord is abounding in goodness, the Lord is abounding in truth, and that the Lord is forgiving and that he is gracious. And when he got this revelation of God's glory, he had no power apart from kneeling on his knees and begin to worship. And verse eight tells us, Moses made haste, bowed his head toward the earth, and worshipped. Amen. The revelation of God's nature overwhelmed him when he discovered on this day who God truly is. He saw how merciful God is. He saw it on this day. He saw it on this day that Lord, the Lord is long-suffering. He is so patient. He saw it on this day. He discovered on this day, this is a long-suffering God. This is a patient God. He saw on this day how God is patient with his children, including the stiff-necked people, the idolaters, those who grieve him, because not long ago they had just grieved The way sometimes our children grieve us, I don't know if you have ever been grieved by your kids, ever been grieved before, by your children, those of you are parents, those of you who have no children, you do not grieving your parents. Is the way our kids sometimes can grieve us you actually know mana is, 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 is but he he his or her mind is set on evil and, and and it grieves you and it grieves you because you begin to look from when this baby was born and and, and do you know how babies are beautiful babies are so babies are amazing. Sometimes you feel like, Lord, just keep her like this and <laughs> grow up again because I know what they do when they have grown up. <laughs> and, and there is no parent who has no expe- great expectations for their kids. Every parent has great expectations for their children. And sometimes they grieve us. It's amazing as they begin to grow up that actually your advice, your values, uh, the things you try to pass on, they consider it rubbish. And what their friends are telling them sounds really, really wise. All of a sudden, you look very you look ignorant as a parent. You look ignorant, you look dumb. It looks like you don't know anything since the days of Adam and Eve, (laughs) and they literally feel sorry for you. (laughs) But then, it's amazing what happens. Later on they grow up, they face life, they discover how wise you are. They don't literally they don't care. You, you stand with them, you cry with them, you do everything with them, and the next minute they are castigating you, they are insulting you, and you have become the most evil person they have ever met in their life. For one reason, that you did not agree with them when they set their mind on evil. You said no. You look like one time, uh, there, there was a person who had decided that as far as they were concerned, they were going to commit adultery. And, uh, But even before committing adultery, they are going to be living with somebody whom they are not married to. They are going to commit adultery. They are going to, they are going to do all that stuff. You know, when I say all that stuff, you should understand And then they talk to someone else. Says, Now, I said, No, it's not me. It's God. It's in the Bible. I'm telling you what is in the Bible. Because anyone else who tried to do this thing, this is And matter we And that and was the end of a relationship because their mind was set on evil and my heart was grieved because these are people that you invest your life into and i've discovered one thing actually in line you know you cannot buy loyalty if you try to do anything good to people and think they'll be loyal to you you are wasting your time you can't buy loyalty there's nothing good you can do to people That will make people to choose to be loyal to you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Sometimes, sometimes the way we are grieved by our spouses, you actually begin to wonder, look here, you and I, we have lived together far much longer than the day they announced at your house, <laughs> and all the years you lived in your house, you began to crawl, you began to walk, you begin to you began to run, you went for I A E O U, you went bar for bag. C4 cow, and then later on you were standing 1, 3, all the way to 8, then you went to secondary school, then possibly by God's grace you went to college, you graduated, then we met, I married you, you married me, the period all this is a long period. You lived in your father's house, and you have lived with me longer than the way you lived there. And you still don't believe me. We And the heart is green. And and Moses was so stirred by this revelation that he made haste, bound his head toward the earth, fell down and worshipped God. Now let me just say about something else quickly. One thing I've discovered about the seriousness of sin is not just determined by the act that is done. But it's actually also determined by who the act is done against. So there are two things to see. There is the act itself, and then the act you have done that act against. So let's give a very good example. We are all wearing face masks. And now it's become part of life. If you, by any chance, saw coronavirus, now they say there's Omicron virus. Just, just imagine that you saw coronavirus. And you have an opportunity to kill coronavirus. And that's the end of coronavirus. Will you feel bad that you have killed corona? No. Huh? Do, do you think people will say, you wicked person. We were enjoying masks. We were enjoying sanitizers. We were enjoying being pricked in the nose all the time. Even before we fly out or go anywhere, we, we, we love that long stick. That will come to right in the middle of the north and would shed our tears small. And you meet corona and you kill it. Evil. Do you think people do that? No. Actually, people will conclude that what you have done, there is nothing wrong with it. You, have actually, you will actually be considered a hero. And yet you just killed Corona. Let's go to the next one. Let's assume you killed an innocent dog. You killed, you killed an innocent dog, you were driving, you killed the dog by accident. You killed the dog. Most people would think what you have done uh, isn't wrong. Zajitika. Actually, that would be outside on the road. Isn't my Magunda ngombe, magunda garu, magunda muzi. People are going to say, I ah, know Zimajitika. Amen. And, 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 and it will be fine. There will be, there will be no issue there. Amen. 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 Don't, don't really think it's bad. Zima jitika. That, that That's what you're going to hear. Zimadan. Zimajitika. Don't feel so bad about it. Actually, those are the words that will be said to you. Don't feel too bad about it. But let's see, say you kill a human being. Depending on the circumstances. You have killed a human being. People will consider that that is a great wrong. Do you know the reason why? It's because of the value that is placed on the life of a human being. Amen. Amen? Amen? So the question is, how much serious is it to wrong a being that is infinite, of great value, of great worth? A being that created the whole earth, a being that loves you. That's why it's so evil when people fail to give God the worship and the glory that is due His name. It's about the value of who God is. And, and a lot of the things that we do against God is because sometimes maybe we consider Him to be a dog. We consider Him to be of no value. So we think we can do anything. So in verse 8 of Exodus 34, it's the first time, read the Bible, it's the first time that we find an ever mention of Moses ever worshipping God. Prior to this revelation, There are about five, six things I want to share with you. Number one, we find Moses praying and interceding, weeping and pleading with God for Israel in Exodus 32, verse 9 to 14. After God had said, I will wipe them off. You don't hear that he worshipped. Hallelujah. Number two, we find Moses talking with God face to face in Exodus 33, verse 11. In the tabernacle of meeting. There you, you you actually find it That you don't hear that he was worshipping God. The children of Israel have sinned. And then later on they move on. And, and and Moses pitches a tent and he calls it a tabernacle of meeting. So when he pitches this tent of tabernacle of meeting, anybody who wanted to call before the Lord would have to go to the tabernacle of meeting. We are told of one man that never lived the tabernacle of meeting. The man is Joshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's only Joshua. But the Bible says every time Moses was going to the tabernacle of meeting, everyone would come and stand in front of the door of his tent. And Moses would go in. And the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 32 that then the, the cloud of God, chapter 33, the cloud of God would come down. And it would only lifts up when Moses is leaving the tabernacle of meeting. That's all you hear. You don't hear that he worshipped. In Exodus chapter 15, and if you may allow me, in verse 1 to 19, the Bible says, we hear Moses singing to the Lord praises, but it is after God has given them victory at the Red Sea. So in verse 15, in chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. There's actually a song that is signed on that one. It's a song. You can Google it. The Lord is my strength and my song and He has become my salvation. And he is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army has cast into the sea. His chosen captains who are, who are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them, they sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O oh Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O oh Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blasts of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed con- 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 in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people, the people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty hand of my, mighty men of Moab trembling will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone. Till your people pass over, O oh Lord. Till the people pass over whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountains in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. That's what you hear from him. You don't hear that he worshipped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In Exodus chapter 16, we, we see God coming through for him when the children of Israel complained against him that they would have rather died in Egypt where they sat by the pots of meat where they ate bread to the full and God decides, I will bring rain on them. Now, it's something interesting is there. The Bible says the day they were complaining, it was the 15th day or the second month after they had left, left Egypt. So let's say, assume the first month was 30 days. So, before 30 days is over, after he takes them out, he's taking them out, and on day 45, one month, 15 days later, they are telling Moses. We would have rather died in Egypt where the pots were full of meat. We would have had, rather died in Egypt where we were eating bread to the full, even though we were slaves. And you bring us here to kill us. And and, and God decides, and they're actually saying, We are going to stone you. We are going to stone you. Hallelujah. And God says, okay, fine. I'll bring you meat. I'll bring you bread. But please, the bread, collect only what is enough for you. And the Bible says the others were collecting more to deplete others they shouldn't have. And then they wait and make sure that everybody had enough. And Moses says, please, when you have collected the bread eat for the night. Don't keep some. And others say, no, we are not going to do that. We'll keep some. So the morning comes, it's worms, and it's stinking bad. Then on the sixth day, God says, okay, you only collect for today and tomorrow. Tomorrow is the Sabbath. Nobody should go and collect. Do you know what the Bible says? He says, the following morning, some woke up to go and collect, and they found nothing. And God says, What am I going to do with you? What should I do? And they ate this manner for 40 years until they came to the border of Canaan, where now they brought the grapes. You don't hear Moses worshiping. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 1 to 7, we hear of this desperate cry to God and redeem when the people were ready to stone him for not providing water. They were ready. We will stone it. But but by the time Moses came to Exodus 34, chapter 8, he has got all this that I've told you in mind. Moses discovered the Lord is merciful, the Lord is long-suffering, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is caring, the Lord is forgiving, the Lord is loving. And the Bible says he worship. And I want to say to us this morning, as Christians, We can pray diligently without ever really worshipping God. Hallelujah. It's possible to be a prayer warrior. It's possible to be an intercessor and still not be a worshipper of God. You can plead for your unserved children. You can pray for the entire church, the needs of the entire church, the entire nation. And be holy and be meek in seeking God's burden and never truly worship God. The reason is because worship cannot be lame. Worship is spontaneous. It's a spontaneous outbreak. It's an act of the heart. A heart that is overwhelmed by the revelation of God's glory and His incredible love. Worship is a response of gratitude. Worship recognizes how we should have been destroyed by our sins long ago. In carrying the wrath of God for all the failures and all the faults, but instead, God came to us with a powerful revelation and said, I still love you. Amen. And, and I said last week, He made, to, he made you to love you, and He expects that you should love Him back. Actually, God says, I want to be the hub. Of your heart. I want to i want to be the focus of your attention. I want to be the center of your life. I want to be the axis of your existence. That's what I desire. How can Christ be the center of our life? One of the things that how Christ becomes the center of our life is that you need to stop worrying. In Philippians 4.7, the message version of the Bible says, It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. When you focus your life on God, I can assure you, you worship. Worship is the antidote of worry. Actually, if you want to worry less in your life, worship more. Worship more. And at this point, Moses is now no longer pleading for sin for Israel, he's is not asking God for guidance, he's not crying out for a miracle. Whether it's of deliverance, he's not crying out to God for a miracle of power, or he's not crying to God for wisdom. He just marvels at the revelation of the glory of God. And I want us to stand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.